I'm going to read. This is the first chapter of James. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, because God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Do not be in error, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning Of his own will, he begat us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, because the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all evilness, all overflowing of wickedness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. James says, when you're tempted, don't blame God. He says every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So the idea of being tempted simply means to be tested thoroughly all the way through. Like in testing something, you take something and only go halfway through it and say, well, it seems good, but to go all the way through it is sort of the idea of the word tested uh, through. And so when you look at temptation, it says God cannot be tempted, but every man is tempted. And he says in verse 12, Blessed is the man that endures temptation. So a double-minded man is not enduring temptation. The word endure is the same word that you have in the first few verses where he says that works patience. Let patience, the word for patience is the same. It's just the verb and the noun. But blessed is the man that patiently endures temptation and endures is being bearing up under uh, is what the word means to hold up under actually to abide one of my favorite little greek words is minnow it means to abide and the the idea is to stay where you are not to leave there to abide in your home and not be somewhere else say i live there but i'm not abiding there So he says, abide in my love is what abiding is, remaining, and then the other part of the word is under, whatever it is. You're holding up, you're abiding, you're not having to leave or or can't take. That's what James is saying, count it all joy if in all temptations that if you do have enduring, you do have patience, you are able to bear up under it. 
then you don't fall. You're not tempted. But Scripture and James and all of them, without any doubt, say the strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is the strength of the power of the Spirit in the inner man, like John says, will not sin and will not be tempted in the way that the human nature is tempted. And to explain how that God cannot be tempted, but uh, let no man say when I'm tempted of God, because he can't be. These verses here, we all know uh, the Lord himself, and he was God. Now, this comes down to uh, the idea of could he have sinned. My opinion is uh, absolutely not. He could not have sinned. But Matthew 4, 1, as far as him being tempted, that God can't be tempted, and you say, well, that would apply to the Father. That's the question about could Christ sin? Well, I've been, yeah, he could have, but the Father can't. But he's one with God and holy and abiding his, yeah, they're one to, so it's, it's a conflict to, to think, and I believe, no, he could not be tempted and tested in the way that we are, because that implies you could fall. And if you have a sin nature, you will sin. And if you could sin or ever, you, if you ever could, you still could. And so I believe he could not. God cannot lie. Well, what, is there some other sinful thing he could do? Of course not. He can't. It all is virtually meaningless if God can. And see, that's the idea in the garden. The serpent was saying, yeah, he can. He did lie to you. But anyway, God cannot be tempted. So he's the same as God. So you're saying Christ, but it says neither let us tempt Christ. Paul's writing in Corinthians and uh, in the Gospels, it very clearly says he, the Lord, was tempted of the devil. Forty days tempted of the devil. And Hebrews then says, even I guess more clearly, he himself has suffered being tempted your fathers, he said, tempted me. And then one of my favorite, I don't know about favorite, but so powerful of a verse, uh, Hebrews nine twenty eight. He was tempted like as we are, yet without sin. It says he was separate from sinners. He was God. He could not sin. He was tempted, though. So... That's what I'm saying. See, you have to see the I have to look the difference in God being tempted and us being tempted. There's all the difference in the world because we have the capacity to fail. He does not. And so God can't be tempted in the way we are. So if you back up a little, blessed is the man that holds up under temptation, testing. He'll receive a crown, and that's done by the power of the Spirit of God. But when you don't do it and you're in the flesh, like James talking to them over here, their obvious problem is fighting and envy and strife and going on like that and doing the best they can, trying to work it out, but it's, it's, it's not working. And, and James is talking about that very thing here. So he's saying, if you endure and hold up under, it's because, of temp- it's because you're in the divine nature. And Peter talks about it. Let's partake of his divine nature. And in the human nature... You will fail. It's just a matter of time or or circumstance or something. And so in Corinthians, this same word, uh, blessed is he that endures, 
and patience is the same word, hupomeno, to abide under. I get the picture, Atlas holding up the world. And in the way of the world, the humankind and what James saying, don't uh, be of the world. Like right here, keep yourself unspotted from the world. Uh, I mean, that's cosmos. It means world system, mankind. And his way is to work it out in your own way and strength, your own wisdom or not or what. But, but still, to be tested, man can fall and will fall. God is not tempted the way we are in the, it seems like as we are, yet without sin. So the temptation of God implies he can't sin. The temptation of man implies, no, he will. But when God lives in you, then he becomes you. And so we do have that capacity to be in his strength and power. And when we're tested, we don't fall. But the word for and blessed he that endures is the very thing in First Corinthians 13. Uh, love, he's saying love suffers long, kind, envies not. Uh, love vaunts itself not up. It's not puffed up. It doesn't behave unseemly, not easily provoked, thinks no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, or doesn't keep account of it. It rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, holds up under all things. Love never fails. And it's not hard to see this is not talking about human love. Uh, That's what Paul is saying, when I was a child, yeah. But when that which is complete comes, and that's through the power of the love of Christ that is in us, and it's basically getting rid of self-dying completely, to self. And so if you abide in his love, that's what he's saying, if any man of jurors and abides up under all temptations, then he's complete. Like James said, perfect. You're complete, lacking nothing. You have the patience, the, the enduring, the ability to abide in him and his love, no matter the temptation. So then it gets to let no man say when he's tempted or when he falls, every man is tempted when. So James is referring to the temptation of man that he can fall. And so every man, when he's tempted and falls, he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Don't blame God. Let no man say when he doesn't endure, well, it's God's fault. And we all know that goes back to the garden. They, in their own way, blamed God, the serpent you made, the woman you gave me. And they were actually blaming God. And James just comes right out and said, I believe he means that's what you're going to do. Don't make that mistake. Don't blame God. And so I'm trying to to wonder and think, um, what is it? Uh, why do we want to blame each other or anybody? And James really gives the answer over here. He says, because you become the lawgiver, you become the judge, and basically you think you're the law. Who do you think you are? There's only God and only, and so we're made the image of God even as a lost in sin, and, and, but he gives us his spirit. So then we become him in spirit, not made in the image of him. We become, he becomes, like Paul said, it's me, but it's not me. It's him living in me, not with me. He said, the Spirit's been with you. It shall be in you. And when I'm in you, he says, then you will have life. So then you will endure. But we have this double 
this struggle that we can be either way. So in either nature, one or the other. But he's saying when you're tempted, you're drawn away of your own lust. It's your own fault. So if you blame God, I believe it's why they meant well. They meant really well. We don't want to be wrong. We want to be right, God. We're Adam and Eve. You're perfect children. We didn't do it. We wouldn't have done it. We're innocent. It did happen. We did do that. But your fault, uh, her fault, the serpent's fault, not my fault. That's why we would blame anybody, not out of just pure hatred, guile, evil. and You know, that could be done, blame someone. Well, that was their fault. But no, in a true, genuine way, no, it wasn't my fault, like a little kid or something. You know, and they want so bad to please. And I, I believe that's what's behind it. But James is saying, don't make that mistake because then you actually, like he says, you deceive yourself in thinking that somehow it is not your fault that's and we're the human nature the creature of the human like the lord said to the people you being evil you still know how to do good there's only one good and that's god so if you're not god that's not good and creation is not god and i believe with all my heart god cannot create himself because that would have a beginning you can't, he can't just like he can't sin he can't create himself, or he would have for our sake and his own sake, but he couldn't. He did it perfectly the way it had to be. He was crucified before the foundation of the world. He knew these things. So the worst thing they could have done, the worst thing we can do, especially being born again, is to blame God. And I know that that is there it, it, it's like the fruit it's there that's the problem it's there and yeah you can be tested and tempted and you fall and go into your own thinking what james says over here in your own strength you're fighting and everything but you have to stop that draw nigh to god cleanse your hands purify yourself and humble yourself before god so to be humble before god is to be able to say who I am, I want to be dead to that old nature of sin. It's the sinner that's the problem. It's not the bottle. It's not the fruit. The Lord said, I see all this comes out of your heart. As a lost heart, a lost spirit, there is no hope. So even as a believer, then you have him, the hope that you have, you know that. But you go into the other nature, you still have no hope. So if we can't live in the other nature and make it work, like James is, I think, saying to him over here, you're blaming God is really what's happening. So James is very straightforward, and that's a big lesson right here in the first chapter is when you don't have the love that endures all things, do not blame God. <laughs>